Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Thank you for joining me today. I have with me Kelly Jessen with Jessen Rains, and Kelly focuses on estate planning, probate administration, and business law. She was named to North Carolina Rising Stars list by Super Lawyers for Estate Planning in 2018, 2019, and 2020. The Rising Stars list is reserved for the top 2.5% of attorneys age 40 and under who have been practicing for 10 years or less. And prior to joining Justin and Reigns PLLC, she represented local governments and businesses in matters ranging from personal injury suits in state court to discrimination, police liability, and other constitutional law claims in federal court. Kelly is a retired litigator. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Now, Kelly, when... I asked you to come on my show. It's because I saw an email from you that came out. Um, you do a really good job of marketing and educating your clients and, and just staying in touch. And the title of that email was, Will Coronavirus Excuse My Performance Under Contract? So will it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the answer is, it depends, <laughs> um, which is always the answer when you're talking to an attorney. Um, yeah, we sent that email out because um, you know, we, we have been sending emails out to our clients routinely ever since this coronavirus stuff started um, becoming an issue for business owners. You know, normally it's you know, PPP or SBA related and stuff like that, but we did notice um, an uptick in uh, force majeure questions and also some misinformation out there on the internet. So we decided to write a short little blog article about a force majeure clause and send that out to our clients. And so what types of questions are you getting about, you know, just legal questions in general and force majeure and contracts? Yeah, so um, we're getting a lot of questions from people, um, clients, non potential clients. Uh, what does this provision in my contract mean? Um, because there are a lot of people going through uh, some tough times right now, and they're looking for help wherever they can find it. And one, uh, you know, one place where they can look is their existing client contracts, um, whether it's hey, I'm not getting paid, help me get paid, or I'm not able to do what I need to do, um, what, you know, what kind of help is, is out there for me. And that's where a force majeure clause would, would kick in. Um, a force majeure clause uh, is also called an, an act of God clause. A lot of times people will, will, will um, refer to it as that. And it says, you know, if... Uh, the parties or a party can't perform because of you know various things, then uh, their performance will be excused under the contract. And why that is important is that means that they're kind of excused from performing, meaning 
um, if they don't do what they, you know, were under contract to do, typically they get sued <laughs> and end up in court for damages. And this says if it's beyond their control, um, then they uh, can't be held liable in, in a court for performing under their contract. Can you give us an example of a force majeure clause? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, uh, this is a little, little long, but I'm, I'm going to read it because uh, it's, it's, it's helpful to get the full picture. Uh, so this is an example. The party's performance under this agreement is subject to acts of God, war, terrorism, disaster, government regulation, or other emergency beyond either party's control, which makes it impossible for a a party to perform their obligations under this agreement. Either party may cancel this agreement for any one or more of such reasons upon written notice to the other party. So to me, that sounds like it would include the coronavirus, but again, I'm not the attorney. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's a, a couple words in here that if, um, if uh, construed broadly could include coronavirus. So we've got act of God, we have disaster, uh, we have government regulation, um, and we have uh, and any other emergency. So this is a pretty broadly written uh, clause. Now, um, I know that you're going to have people listening to this in states other than North Carolina. And so I will say that this is going to be state specific. Um, so there are plenty of court opinions written by judges uh, that talk about interpreting these provisions and these words. And so, you know, there might be a big body of case law in one state that says that, you know, a broad other emergency, you know, it only means a state of emergency or something like that. Um, so the, the importance for our clients is don't just read this and decide that you're not going to do it. (laughs) Um, you really need to first talk to an attorney and get a legal opinion on the way that it's written. And then also what the case law in that jurisdiction is, um, and then also, too, we don't really ever recommend just walking away from something. We definitely recommend having a talk with the other side and, um, and saying, okay, this is what's going on. I have a force majeure clause in my contract that I might exercise, but I value this relationship and this may only be temporary. So what can we do while this pandemic is, is going on? I know a lot of my very small clients had come to me about the third week of of March and said, hey, we need to pause. You know, can we do that? And, you know, you know, they had agreements for some of them for a certain amount of time. And of course, I was, you know, agreeable to that because from my perspective as a business owner, I would much rather have a client, you know, in three, four months than having somebody who left with a bad taste in their mouth because I'm saying, no, you can't. Um, So, you know, I'm seeing a lot of business owners and and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm seeing a lot of, you know, business owners that are doing the right thing. Things like um, um, event spaces that are, you know, they know a wedding couldn't go off in April because of the laws. So they're, you know, not holding people's feet to the fire for, you know, losing deposits and things like that. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of that too. I mean, there, and then there's also some bad stories as well. Unfortunately, um, there's, there's always going to be bad apples that ruin things. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we normally deal with small business owners, um, you know, like, like you were just describing, but you know, if you think about these, you know, billion dollar, uh, you know, corporations with, um, you know, uh, international, um, trade and, and things like that. You know, if, if, um, we're preventing shipments coming in from China for things to be built, um, then, you know, a, a, a business may really need to rely on a clause like this. You know, we cannot do what we need, you know, what, what our business does, you know, our, our business builds widgets and we don't have the parts for the widget. So we can't possibly do that right now. Um, or, uh, you know, what, I think one of the examples in here was, was government regulation. Um, well, if the, the government, uh, deems your business non-essential and you're shut down and you can't operate, well, then you certainly can't build your widget either. Um, so, so that's kind of what these clauses were really meant to do. And, um, one thing that we hadn't talked about yet is, uh, most of the time, most of the case law generally says that it doesn't excuse your performance forever and and it might not completely invalidate your agreement. So, um, a perfect example would be the government, um, shutting down non-essential businesses temporarily. We had some clients who had to shut down and they have now reopened. Um, so, uh, you know, they're able to then continue on with those, those contracts. Uh, so a force majeure clause does not always mean that contracts ripped up. You don't have to deal with that anymore. And so what if you didn't have a force majeure? I mean, I, I, I think some people might not have ever thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's one kind of silver lining with this whole experience is that I think people, business owners are going to be a little smarter going forward with some of their contracts. Um, if you do not have a force majeure clause in your contract, the, the courts are not going to read one in there. Uh, it is not common law. Um, it is not in there unless it's in there. Uh, so moving forward, business owners are probably going to start putting them in. Um, and then they're also going to make sure that, uh, that maybe the word pandemic is written into the agreement and we don't just have to worry about, is an emergency or is it an act of God? If it says pandemic in there, then you better believe the coronavirus is going to be, there's not a whole lot of interpretation there. We don't have to worry about, you know, necessarily going to court to argue it. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so you do, do you see a lot of um, lawsuits coming out of this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they have already, uh, started or they probably would have already started a little bit more if not for the fact that the courts are kind of closed too. <laughs> um, but uh, we do anticipate a lot of, of lawsuits um, whether it's dealing with you know the interpretation of a force majeure clause so so like I said you know if if there's a disagreement between the parties of whether coronavirus is is one of these things, um, if they can't come to an agreement, then it might end up in court. Um, and, uh, I haven't seen a ton of these clauses that actually have the word pandemic written into them. Um, so that leads me to believe that there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. Uh, but there are 
already a lot of lawsuits filed that are coronavirus related, maybe not necessarily about this, but about, you know, other things, you know, employee, employee safety is really the number one concern right now. And I think that you're, you're going to start seeing a second wave, which is businesses aren't able to do what they contracted to do and they're getting sued. And so what are the consequences of not being able to do the work performed? I mean, if the force majeure clause doesn't cover it, what's, what'll happen? What could happen? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a breach of contract. Um, uh, there, there's also another defense called impossibility that an employer, uh, excuse me, that a, a business owner may be able to rely on that's similar to this that is part of common law. Um, but again, that's involving a, a court defense. Um, you know, if you can stay out of court, that's the best thing. Uh, so, you know, what you were saying earlier, really people are negotiating with each other and that's the best thing. Um, you know, if we have a client call us and they say, we want to sue these people right now and get our money, we'll say, well, you know, even if you're, even if you got a winning case, it's going to be months before you ever see the inside of a courtroom because stuff is shut down right now. Um, so, uh, you know, would you rather get paid now or pay later? Um, so, uh, it's, it's better to, to negotiate. So even if you don't have one of these paragraphs in your contract, you're not, you know, it's not a nail in your coffin. You still always are able to, to pick up the phone, maybe with the assistance of your attorney um, and, uh, and try to work something out with the other side. Besides adding the word pandemic, is there other things that business owners can do to protect themselves with a contract for situations like this? Um, yeah, so, uh, um, just be clear on what some of the, the wording is, uh, you know, no one would have ever imagined something like this happening or, or most people. (laughs) Um, so, uh, be clear on, um, on, you know, deposits, uh, are they refundable? Are they non-refundable? Um, you know, uh, like event space that you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, do you keep money and then just reschedule things in the future? Uh, you know, things like that. So, so I think that people will start thinking about what if I can't do this or what if the venue shuts down and I have to think about something else. I think people are just going to be a little bit smarter moving forward and, and making sure that their contracts uh, say what they think that they say. Um, or get a contract in place at all, because uh, there's a lot of people who are doing business and they're not utilizing contracts to begin with. Um, so things like that, uh, just be clear on language. Um, uh, like I mentioned before, we have a lot of clients who are calling us and saying, hey, what does this mean? Um, so it's not just the force majeure clauses. Uh, it's, you know, um, what, what, what are my rights if I don't get paid? You know, what we're talking about, you know, people not being able to perform. Well, let's put the, the shoe on the other foot. Um, what if you're expecting someone to pay you and you're not getting paid? What are your rights? Absolutely. And so that, you know, makes me think of another type of situation. Um, there's lots of other types of contracts out there, mainly with rent. How does force majeure apply to that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where a lot of this started is um, clients would call us 
and say, you know, hey, I've got this force majeure provision in my my lease. Um, but it very clearly states that it does not excuse payment of rent. So, you know, that paragraph that I read earlier, pretty much exact same thing. You know, the party's performance under this agreement is excused if X, Y, and Z. However, tenants payment of rent is not excused. Um, so when we're thinking about these force majeure clauses, um, you know, some of the examples that I gave earlier about businesses being shut down or, um, you know, China not being able to deliver some goods in order to make something really think about performance, um, performance under a contract can also be the payment of rent, but think about, um, you know, workers working or building or creating a product or something like that, not being able to ship, not being able to deliver. Um, that's typically where you run into these uh, force majeure issues. Um, unfortunately, an act of God or pandemic is not going to always excuse the payment of, of money um, because you should be able to pay money you know, it, it, you know, it doesn't require a, a ship crossing the sea or you, you know, doing X, Y, and Z to do that. Um, and I know that's kind of a, a superficial view because obviously if your business is closed, you're not making any money. Um, and, and that's where we're seeing a lot of this, you know, I am not open. I cannot earn money to pay rent. So therefore I cannot pay rent. So force majeure is not going to be the answer for most renters. Um, unless you're a lucky renter that's got a really great force majeure clause that I have yet to see. Um, but uh, most of them that I have seen do not include the payment of rent. Uh, but like we've already talked about, um, a lot of landlords are being, are working with their tenants. Um, because what in the world, what, what good is it going to serve to go and evict a perfectly good tenant who was totally fine before this pandemic happened and will probably be totally fine once they're able to open back up. You're not going to be able to replace the tenant um, with things shut down. And you'll have uh, eviction costs. Right. And, and um, you know, you might not be able to get in a court to evict him anyway. Um, so it is really in landlord's best interest to work with their tenants. Now, granted, they're not going to be able to say, okay, that's fine. You know, don't worry. Um, cause they might have to pay, you know, a mortgage payment as well. They've got costs as well. So, um, really what, what tenants are doing is, is figuring out a way to pay them, you know, a nominal amount or, um, you know, fine, give me a little bit of a deferral and then I'll, I'll pay it back over the next six months or, or something like that. So. Awesome. Do you see contracts for um, businesses who lease being changed in the future because of this? I don't think so. Um, because if I was representing a landlord, I would say absolutely not. We're not going to sign a lease with a tenant that says that they don't have to pay rent in the event of X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, because it's, uh, you know, I, I might advocate that if I'm representing the tenant, but, um, but normally in landlord tenant negotiations, especially if you're working with a, a big, a, you know, a big landlord, um, 
they kind of have the upper hand uh, and are not going to agree to something like that. But I mean, it, it depends. It, you know, it, it never hurts to try to see what you can get because um, sometimes you can surprise yourself. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, um, it, I think that if, if those provisions were included in there, they'd be really narrow. Um, gotcha. like, uh, only if, you know, the government says that this business has to shut down and then only for a brief period of, you know, three months or something like that. Like a landlord is not going to be, you know, give you carte blanche to not never pay rent again for the rest of your lease. Um, so, but, but to what we were saying earlier with contract negotiations, business owners are going to be smarter about things like that now, and they are going to read their leases and they're going to see that. And maybe they will try to push back and see what they can get to protect themselves in the future. Yeah, I know I negotiated with a landlord when I had a different company and they wanted, this was during the economic downturn, 2008, 9, 10-ish area. And they wanted a uh, two-year lease and I just wasn't comfortable. I'm like, I'm happy to stay here and I want to stay here. But right now I'm only comfortable with a one. And they were, they were, they did it. They did it. So, you know, yeah. I know it's, it was one of the bigger, what more well-known <laughs> companies, <laughs> but they were yeah. still willing to do it. So. Now, you know, one thing that you may see is this may become more of a tenants market um, in the future because sadly there are, are you know, businesses that are going out of business. Um, a lot of people have gone virtual and don't need the office space and they might not return back from being virtual. Um, so we may see landlords giving more um, in the future than they're, than they're used to. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Well, Kelly, it has been a delight having you on the show. But before we sign off, please tell people how they can find you. Uh, yes. So uh, we have a website. It's www.jessenrainslaw.com. Um, on the website, there's a link to sign up to the newsletter uh, that you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, we are not spammy or salesy. Uh, we send out uh, original content that we have written on legal issues that we have heard repeatedly from clients uh, are really interesting. So I would encourage people to sign up for that. And um, all of our social media, we're on every forum possible and it's at Jess and Rain's Law and everything. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, and my email address is kelly at jessenrainswall.com. Perfect. Again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.